You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, you mafia? I'm Fernando Shimuri. That's your lead in the chart at Buffalo Rumblings. And today I have the pleasure of having with me David Tilton from the Cover One's Air Raid podcast. David, welcome to the Leading the Charge. I really appreciate you taking your time joining us today to talk some bills. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Always love doing stuff with the Rumblings guys. Been on with Bruce, uh, used to be on with Steve, been done some stuff with Jay Spence in the past. So yeah, it's cool. Thank you for having me. No doubt, no doubt. And and for myself as a former Cover One guy, uh, always part of the band, right? So always Mm -hmm. awesome to have you joining uh, Greg and uh, Aaron has been here, and and now it's been a pleasure to to have you in the show. And we have a lot of stuff to talk about because it's been a busy week for the Bills with mm-hmm. uh, the offensive coordinator change and the poor momentum for the team, the the poor record right now. Uh, maybe the the lowest moment of. McDermott's process since he joined the Bills and, and took over, changed the culture, made the team relevant again. And I think today we are actually privileged of being able to talk uh, with some things, that are, at least from the form, from the last game, uh, that does settle down a little bit when, and maybe we can talk about it uh, with some nights of sleep on it and thinking more about all this stuff. So after some days, David, how do you see this moment for the Bills? How do you see um, the move, McDermott firing Dorsey? And how did you react when it happened? How do you feel right now after some nights of sleep and, and giving some thoughts about this situation? Yeah, I mean, look, ultimately... I don't think Dorsey getting fired was necessarily just because of what happened against the Broncos, right? I think that this whole thing with Dorsey has been kind of building up. It's been bubbling up for some time. It's been a culmination of things that have really happened probably since the Miami game, right? Since the Miami game ended. So starting with the London trip and then probably to where we are now. So to be honest, my reaction after the Broncos game was that Ken Dorsey was probably like fourth or fifth least of my problems during that particular game. However, given the struggles of the offense and given really, if you think about what the roles of a coordinator should be, it's not just about the play calling and things like that. It's about putting your players in the best position to, to do their jobs. It's coaching them to not make the same mistakes that they've made previously and it's ultimately trying to put them in a situation that suits their strengths. And I think what's happened is it got to a point where that wasn't really the case anymore. And so as much as, you know, Josh Allen 
love Ken Dorsey and ultimately was the stamp of approval of him getting that coordinator job prior to the season, a move had to be made. Um, you know, at this point, the bills have now under Sean McDermott in the last two to three years have gotten rid of their defensive coordinator, their special teams coordinator, and now their offensive coordinator. So this is, as some people have said, like Sean McDermott's not going to fire himself. It's now squarely the pressure is on him. You can tell he's feeling that pressure through the press conferences and the like, but a change that probably had to be made a lot of pressure on this team, a lot of expectation. And obviously now we start to see sort of the Joe Brady, um, press conferences and videos of him out at practice. So we'll see if the, the vibe check seems like it's, it's passing right now, but that only takes you so far, right? It needs to translate onto the field. Absolutely. And yeah, about Dorsey, man, when, uh, just before the Broncos game, I was pretty confident we could see in that game, uh, a team rebounding, you know, with the offense playing well. And, and I kind of expected the defense to do better against the Broncos. Uh, on one hand, because the Broncos' offense isn't that great, right? And and on the other hand, despite everybody, all, a lot of people talking about all oh, how how badly we were hit by the injuries, and we obviously were or have been, but I felt like we still have a lot of good pieces on the defensive side of the ball with all the investment that has been made on this side of the ball all along the years since McDermott and Bean joined the, the Bills. And I even tweeted about it, focusing on the pieces that we still have. Uh, actually retweeting one of the tweets from, from Air Raid Podcast about our starting defense for this game. I was like, look, we still have a first-round top-10 defensive tackle, uh, a, a first-round defensive end, two big-time free agents in, in Von Miller and, and Floyd. We still have or two safeties, obviously in this game, no Poyer, but we still had a lot of pieces, right? Bernard back in the lineup was huge. So I felt like this defense, obviously I, I'm not expecting them to be a, a top three defense in the league anymore, but I felt like they still have a lot of pieces, especially if Mullen starts to play, to feel better, play better. They still have pieces to be that, that kind of mid-tier defense that can be opportunistic and create some turnovers and 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 make some plays so the offense can win games for the bills and and even thinking uh, playoffs and big time games you know and i felt like the defense could do that against the broncos and and i was expecting when it happened to see the offense playing better because i was totally sold on okay the defense has been troublesome and affecting the offensive field position uh, they staying too long on the sidelines, waiting to get back on the field. It's breaking their rhythm and, and things like that. But since the first snap, man, we could see that the offense was totally out of sync and, and playing poorly against the Broncos. And, and unfortunately, with other mistakes also, it cost Dorsey's job at the end of the day. But... I really feel there are a lot of other problems in this team that we still will need to find some answers going forward. And on the offensive side of the ball, man, I don't know. I think, just like you said, it's a new vibe now with Joe Brady. I don't know how much he will be able to to make this offense better, right? To, to change things. At, after all, it's the same playbook. He's been on the 
on the staff. He's been part of what's been uh, happening so far. But just being able to sometimes change those vibes and, and make the players believe again and, and, and expect something to be different, sometimes it's enough. How do you see uh, this change and how do you see Brady being able to change the vibes and, and obviously the, the play on the field of this offensive side of the ball? Yeah, well, it, it certainly seems, at least the initial impressions, that he's a little bit more you know, animated, involved with the players in practice. He's probably going to be the type that will, you know, wear more on his sleeve as far as speaking with the players than maybe Ken Dorsey did, just given that he's been a little bit more experienced than Ken Dorsey, even though he hasn't necessarily done it truly at the NFL level as far as what he did in Carolina, fine, but like in LSU with big-time players, obviously we know the history there. I do think that, Look, the playbook's the same. There are some things that can change, right? Like, to me, there are a couple things. Number one, I think sequencing of of plays, right? And even if you have the same playbook, sort of how you get into a rhythm as a play caller, the sequencing of how you call plays, understanding situational football, down and distance, things like that, where he can really maybe make some different types of play calls um, than Ken Dorsey made at different points in the game and sort of just the general sequence of in- sequencing of how he's calling plays. That's one thing I think that you can immediately maybe see a change in, even with keeping the same playbook. And number two, I think uh, really getting in Josh Allen's ear about like the plays that are there. We've seen it on the film that there are available options to Josh Allen in many cases where we've put the ball in harm's way. He's not to be, uh, he's not without fault here either. So I think Joe Brady can potentially influence, maybe influence uh, Josh Allen's execution a bit more on the field than maybe Ken Dorsey did, just given there didn't seem to necessarily be that that give and take, per se, with Dorsey and Allen. It seemed like they were more like friends than they were like coach and player, whereas we know in the past with like Dayball, he wasn't afraid to get in Josh Allen's ear, tell him when he was messing up, tell him what where he can do to correct things. And I think maybe you'll see a little bit more of that out of Joe Brady so potentially influencing uh, on the positive side some of the execution issues we've seen. So even with the same playbook and some minor changes you could see maybe to some of the plays, I think there is still some some room and there should be room for some more consistency with this offense if those two things can kind of maybe um, you know come to the forefront here with Joe Brady now at the helm. Yeah, man, after all this, that's an offense that even though we've, we felt like they were in trouble more often than not, they had a lot of great, uh, the, the advanced metrics love them, right? They, they were top three. They still are top three on a lot of uh, metrics. And, and so there, there were a lot of good stuff being done in this, this offense. And, and again, I think all the things that I mentioned about the defense side of the ball, even special teams hurting the offense sometimes, mm. uh, it still applies. And, and we still can expect the offense to play better than they did against the Broncos. And alongside the defense playing better like they did in the last game. And, yeah, I felt like the offense, for example, in the red zone, we saw Dorsey call a lot of good stuff in the red zone. And even on two-point conversions, we've seen – Josh converting some of those plays. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they haven't used those plays on other parts of the field, like on some fourth down conversions in the middle of the field or, or third down conversions even. 
And that's a, a way that maybe Brady can use the playbook in, in different spots, different places on the field and, and, and make mm-hmm. it even more efficient, right? And about the players, uh, I saw Josh's interview. I saw Diggs' interview today that was really interesting. And obviously Gabe's also. And everybody seems really, really uh, down and, and heartbroken. Even that the, those were the words used by Gabe, like heartbroken about Dorsey leaving. Uh, you can feel like they, they that, that, that's a guy that they love and they like to have around. He's been there since stable days, right? And they are down, man, on that. And that's something that uh, I'm a little bit worried turning my attention to McDermott, you know, because when I see Diggs talking like today and, and when they ask if he, uh, how he, how he felt about the, the, the move, right? The, the firing of Dorsey and he, he answers like, does it matter? Like I'm a professional. I will stay working hard. I will keep playing hard, doing my job. And does it matter if I feel bad? Because when I see a player answering something like this, Dave, and, and I take it to my playing days as a soccer player here in Brazil, and I feel like, okay, I, I'm indirectly saying, I'm mad, man. I, don't, I didn't like this move, you know? I didn't mm-hmm. like this guy, this guy being, uh, being pointed as a responsible for struggles that weren't only his, right? For mm-hmm. example... If not the 12 men on the field, man, I have no doubts Dorsey would still be the coordinator today, you know? And that's not on Dorsey. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of other stuff. Just like you said, it's not just about this game. But I can feel like the players are mad, man. And then when I go to back in the the, pre, uh, in the preseason or in training camps and McDermott saying he was really concerned about Diggs not not leaving the building, not practicing, and all that uh, confusion. And and now Josh also may be mad that Dorsey leaving. They are professionals. They are going to to play to win, no doubt. All right? I, I need to put it out. They, they're not like, oh, I'm going to lose games because they fired Dorsey. Or I want to I wanna lose games because I don't know. I don't trust McDermott anymore or I'm mad or this kind of stuff. No. After all, they want to win. They want to play for the next guy. Brady is another guy that that's part of the band, uh, another friend, another coach that they, it seems they love. And they want to win for this guy too. But do you feel with all those moves, Leslie Frazier one was a little bit weird also. And then Debo, after the game against the Giants, it was the, the quickest head coach handshake ever between Debo and McDermott. Never seen it, you know. And now Dorsey, and man, I started. I, I'm starting to feel like I don't know. Maybe McDermott is losing his guys. Maybe on the offensive side of the ball, especially because of these those fights with Debo back in the day. I tend to believe that Allen Diggs, most of the offensive guys, would side with Debo in this kind of discussions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about? McDermott going forward with those moves, obviously a lot of games to be played. He can save this season. They're continuing to be professionals, trying to win games, play hard. But are you a little bit worried about McDermott starting to 
to lose the guys and, and some of those guys that have been there for a longer time, right? Since the beginning of the process, feeling like, man, he he put everything on Dorsey now, or man, he was already fighting Dable and now he fired Dorsey, or man, he 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 blamed Frazier maybe for some of those struggles and it, he was big part of that defensive also. How do you feel about these dynamics with McDermott as the head coach and all his coaching staff. Yeah, the dynamic the dynamic is obviously a little bit more unique with the Bills between like we'll say head coach and quarterback, right? Or head coach and star offensive player because the head coach isn't from an offensive background. And I'm not saying that that's bad or or anything, but if you look at maybe some other teams around the league and the relationship and the closeness of the head coach and the quarterback where the quarterbacks are the stars of the team teams that have really big star power at quarterback. You look at teams like the chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, um, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow um, come to mind, Sirianni and Jalen hurt. Like you have these guys that are. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They are, they're naturally more connected, right, when it comes to the week-to-week process, the game planning, all this stuff, because they're they're from that side of the ball. It's a different dynamic with the Bills because McDermott obviously comes from the defensive side, and there is a lot of, I guess, more... It, it's more magnified on what's happening with the offensive coaches and the coordinators than probably it, it would be from some of these other teams, right? Like... I mean, I bet you half the Bills fans probably couldn't even name who the Bengals offensive coordinator is, right? Because it doesn't matter. They automatically associate Joe Burrow with Zach Taylor, right? Kind of like, you know, a couple years back when it was like Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, right? And then all of a sudden you get these offensive guys like Zach Taylor getting head coaching jobs because of that. So the dynamic is definitely interesting. I do think that part of me reads the player's reaction to the Dorsey firing as them realizing that a lot of this is on them, right? And that they feel bad that Dorsey was kind of the one that had to bear the brunt of the blame because something had to happen when in reality, a lot of the issues have been on the on the execution as well, right? So I think, you know, Gabe making those comments or Josh, you know, making those comments about, you know, him being a close friend or being Gabe saying being heartbroken to me, I'm I read between the lines on that as the players saying like, we, we had a part in this because we didn't execute to the best of our ability. And now um, from McDermott's standpoint, it's I had to make this move and maybe this gets the player's attention a bit to refocus a bit and say like, look, like regardless of whether or not, you know, it was like 50% your fault or 50% his fault or whatever it may be. Like he's the guy that had to go. He was part of the problem, but now, 
right? I have your attention that I'm willing to make a, a change in the middle of the season to the coaching staff. Now you really can't do much with players, right? As far as start, like you're not going to do anything with star players and you really can't do a whole lot with players, right? So it has to be the coach that changes in that, in that situation. So that's kind of how I read it. The dynamic is going to be interesting. Look, the bills can still go on a run. Like you said, they can still go out and beat the jets this weekend. And then they have a huge matchup with the Eagles before the bye. If for some reason they can find a way to win both of these next two games and go into the bye at seven and five, they could have some confidence coming out of the bye and going on a run. That's not, it's not, it's not beyond them to do that, but, they really need to get things together in a hurry or this season could be lost in a hurry as well. Yeah, man. I, I even don't believe that McDermott wanted to fire Dorsey now, you know, like, I don't, I don't think he did either. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I think he just, because on one side, like we don't see a lot of Pegula talking things on the media and he's mm-hmm. nowhere near, uh, uh, like Ralph used it to be, or, or, you know, he's not this kind of owner that's all the time talking on the media. And so we, in some people tend to believe that's, uh, that uh, means that McDermott isn't being held accountable, but that's not something that we can uh, be sure about. Right. Yeah, and we right. don't know they how, how, how much Pegula is, is all over McDermott and, and, talking and telling him look the investment has been made we've done everything that you've asked for and and we've been hitting and 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 close every year close to breaking that door and winning the afc but never happened never happens and now these you know so we don't really don't know how much the pegula uh the pegulas are are all over mcdermott and holding him accountable because that's the only guy that that McDermott reports to, right? With being being yep. equal or even under McDermott, uh, joining the Bills after McDermott and coming from the Panthers too. So we aren't sure about it. And I felt like after this last game against the Broncos, it was up to the point that McDermott really needed to do something. He needed to mm-hmm. fire Dorsey there because just like you said, he he wasn't gonna fire himself in. In the middle of the season, you can't do much uh, personnel-wise with the players. No, mm-hmm. the, the 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 next domino to fall obviously was was Dorsey, right? McDermott is the defensive coordinator also right now. So mm-hmm. there 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 is, there was another guy to be fired in this situation, and 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 I believe when Josh says that he talked to Coach McDermott and he understood where he was with this situation. I even believe McDermott said something like this. Look, I wasn't, uh, I really didn't want to fire Dorsey now. I, I After all, one week ago, he was like, I trust him. I trust him. Do you think about making a move about offensive coordinator? No, I don't. I never thought about it like one, two weeks ago, right? So yep. I don't feel he was comfortable doing so, but he got to a point that something had to be made. And, and obviously, Dorsey was the domino to fall. But... People are like also tending to to talk about how much McDermott is uh, getting involved on the offense. Ba- going back to his fights or his arguments with with Debo and and people tend to believe McDermott is that old school head coach or old school coach that want to run the ball all the time. And and man, I feel like I just I even tweeted that. Uh, 
uh, replying Aaron, Aaron Quinn for the cover one recently about why do people think about it? Aaron was asking. And for me, it, it, it came after that game against the Seahawks where we started throwing the ball 15 consecutive times and, and we scored a lot and it was a, a blowout really since the beginning. And the Bills never run really the ball, just threw it all over the Seahawks and had a lot of success. And after that, when the Bills struggled and they started to run a little bit more the ball, people were like, McDermott just want to run the ball, right? And I feel obviously McDermott want to balance. He want he wanna, a, a team that can pass the ball, but also can run, can, an offense that can move on no huddle, but also can stay on the field and, and tire the other, other defense or give a time for his defense to rest. So I, I believe he wants balance. And all the guys that he has hired after Dennison, Dennison maybe was the closest that he could have as a run the ball and play action guy. But after Dennison with Dable and then Dorsey and now Brady, another guy who loves to throw the ball with the Panthers. It's not like he's wanting to a pounder and, and uh, a ground and pound offense or it's not like he want to hire Greg Roman as his offensive That's coordinator. Just... After all, he's available now, right? But, but people feel like this. Uh, how do you feel about McDermott? Mm-hmm putting his fingers on the offense or or, or mm-hmm. wanting more a, a, a more balance or because we've seen more offensive line playing better we've seen more team running the ball better this year than I can understand when Dable was like look when we try to run the ball it's a wasted play you know because we can't run the ball or offensive line can block mm-hmm. we can't run I could understand now it's a little bit different how do you feel about this this situation with McDermott regarding the, his impact on the offensive side of the ball yeah, I think I think it's a total misperception, right, about McDermott being this like uber conservative guy as far as like wanting to run the ball. Like all the statistics and and over the past since he's really been the coach have shown that he the Bills are one of the more pass heavy teams in the league. So whatever you might think of McDermott, just because like maybe there's a perception that he wants to do that because he's a defensive coach, right? And like that someone will naturally think, oh, just because he's a defensive coach, that means he wants to run. Well, that's not really the case, right? In reality, I think what McDermott wants is he wants his offense to be able to be dynamic and adjust to the opponent, right? I think if the matchup dictates that the Bills should be able to run the ball because the matchup dictates that their personnel has an advantage and the offensive line, to their credit, has been playing pretty well this year, then they should be able to run the ball. Time of possession has been a huge issue for the Bills in this stretch of games. They've been getting killed in time of possession. The defense has been on the field a ton. I do think there is some some validity to wanting to possess the ball more, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to run the ball more. It just means you need to stay on the field more, commit fewer turnovers, right? That's been a big, big, big issue as well. Um, sustain more drives. And yes, naturally if you're completing passes and things like that the clock is going to continue to move and you're going to rack up time of possession so i do think that's a misperception and all the analytics and stats show that mcdermott really hasn't been at least like the perception of him being run first has not translated onto the field in the last four to five years he's the bills have been one of the most pass happy teams and as you mentioned rightfully look at the hires dayball Dorsey like these are guys that are generally past first type of guys and so um 
not to mention the personnel, right? And McDermott having a say in the draft as well and who the Bills sign and who the Bills draft. The personnel the Bills have on the offensive line is more geared towards a passing team as well. Their offensive line, I know they added Torrance and, and he's a really good run blocker, but generally speaking, the Bills offensive line is built to pass block, right? And so I give kudos a lot to the offensive line this year. They've been doing a good job. Um, the running game has been pretty good this year. And I think that, like you said, it's about balance. It's about understanding the situations you are in games. If there's situations where you need to run a four-minute offense and kill clock, you do that. And we saw the Bills do that last year in a couple different games where we saw them kind of kill clock at the end of games. And like that's where they used to be really good in situational football on the offensive side. And that's where I think we've seen uh, a, a regression this year. And so maybe that's also something that we could see an improvement with with Joe Brady, even with the same playbook. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely, man. And to finish about McDermott, and, and I felt like after the game, a lot of people, a lot of people that have defended and and, and fight for McDermott all the time and, and, and defend him and his work all along, they, even a lot of those people kind of turned around and started to think, look, if it continues this way, it's time for McDermott to go. And I'm not a McDermott hater by any means. I can, I, maybe I'm sounding like this and, and even my tweets are sounding like this because it's, it was the same thing with Dorsey. It's not like I was a, a Dorsey lover, but I felt like I, I had to defend him because everything was Dorsey's fault, you know, and I couldn't stand like Gabe Davis dropping a, a pass Third down conversion, oh, Darcy sucks. And, and right, so it made no sense for me, and I I, I, yeah. I couldn't stand that. I remember against the Jaguars, two drives being killed about uh, because of a Gabe Davis drop and another one because of Knox drop. So so there were two drives that the Bills could have stayed on the field, scored at least kicked a field goal, and they were dead because of it. Or against the Giants, Knox uh catches that pass and and there is no less drive for the giants right and so yep. there were a lot of situations like this and against the broncos again first drive was a mess first play in a fumble but when gabe dropped that ball we were entering the 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 the, the red zone man where the, the bills offense has has done really awesome so the bills were it was a, a messy game all around right so i couldn't blame dorsey for a lot of those kinds of stuff and with McDermott, man, I I feel like he has done a great job since the beginning. He turned the franchise around. He led the franchise to to the playoffs and to big games on the playoffs. But I can't lie that I have a a, a scar of that 13 seconds, and a lot of people oh, have it, do. right? And and I love McDermott's defense, and even Leslie Frazier's when he was uh, alongside McDermott, I I love his style of defense how they do awesome in regular season and how they can stay on the field on nickel all the time. I love it. Some people hate it and want a base defense. No, I want my best players on the field and I can understand you kind of allowing people to run a little bit if you can force a third, third down situation to try to leave the field on that situation. So I love his philosophy, how he builds his defense. I actually think he's a way better defensive coordinator than head coach and, and, and it's not like 
I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's, I think it's normal for he, after all, he started as a defensive coordinator. He has way more experience in that side of the ball. It's his speciality, right? But man, I feel like his defense and it has a glaring problem, you know, a, a glaring weak link. Like it seems like when you need it the most, man, they can't stop nobody who else is on the other side of the field, right? Like in the 13 seconds, it were the it was the the Chiefs and Mahomes, okay. But back in the day, man, in his Carolina Panthers days. If we remember, maybe the best C.J. Manuel moment as a Bill was against McDermott <laughs> throwing a, a game-winning yeah. touchdown to Stevie Johnson yeah. the game. And this year, Mac Jones, Tyrod Taylor almost won that game in the last drive, first game as a starter, right? And then Mac Jones, a game-winning drive. And in the last game, man. Baker almost made that Hail Mary, too. Don't forget that. Yeah, the Hail Mayfield, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, crazy. Yeah. And then the Hail Mary for, for Murray years ago. Yeah, in, yeah. Right, right after a, a game-winning touchdown pass to, to Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in this last game, man, again, the offense was bad. No rhythm. They couldn't stay on the field. They had a lot of messy turnovers. Man, crazy stuff happening. Some crazy fumbles. And then Josh goes and scores a touchdown and kind of give you a win, you know, like, and it was kind of the same uh, a week ago or two weeks ago against the, the Patriots, against the, the Giants. So, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then, man, you can't stop Russell Wilson. Okay, it was just field goal range, but, man, that took over zeros in a row. You build the defense on zone coverage, soft coverage quarters, and then you call two cover zeros in a row and, and a penalty and unlucky penalty, kind of even unfair penalty, in my opinion. Those kind of plays got to be revealed by, by NFL, in my opinion, sooner rather than later because it's unfair to a, a defender to not uh, commit a penalty in that situation because what Tyrone Johnson could have done differently in that situation. Anyways, they can't stop Russell Wilson and then the 12 men on the field, man. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you finding new ways to lose games? My goodness. Man, how do you feel about McDermott yeah. going forward? Because I really felt like no matter what, McDermott has one more year, in my opinion. Barely, uh, uh, the other only other way it does it isn't happening is a, a, a tragedy, a total tragedy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, the way I see his relationship mm-hmm. with the Pegulas and and, but man, I don't know. If Dorsey fired before he wanted, in my opinion, all the focus is on him now. And mm-hmm. if they can turn it around this season, just like you said, there's nobody else to be fired anymore, right? So. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about McDermott going forward? What's ideal for you in his situation if you were Pegula? And what do you think is going to happen going forward with the possible scenarios involving the Bills? 
Yeah, well, first, the end-of-game defense in multiple games has been bad. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, it seems like the Bills just, like, for whatever reason, they just are so scared to give up the big play at the ends of games that they end up just letting teams just get chunk plays in front of them and basically, honestly, using not a lot of time to do it either, right? I mean, that pitch to Pirine. Bernard misses the tackle. It's like an easy 20 yards right off the bat for Denver, and they're already at midfield. It's like that type of stuff shouldn't happen. Um, it's happened multiple times, obviously the biggest of which the 13 seconds incident. However, um, the rest of the the rest of the game, the defense generally played well. They only allowed six points off of four turnovers, which is incredible given the field position Denver had all night. So, like, again, they hold up for most of the game, and then in the biggest moments at the end of the games, they tend to, to fall flat. And that has been an issue for this Bills team with McDermott and even with Frazier. Um, look, McDermott, Frazier's trip, Frazier gone. Obviously, he took the mantle of calling the defensive play calling, and he took that pressure upon himself, and I feel like he did answer that pressure pretty well. Tons of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and the defense has done an okay job, right? Um, End-of-game situations aside, with all the injuries, they've done an okay job. I think the 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 issue the bills are going to have one is i don't know how willing terry bagula is going to be to potentially buy out sean mcdermott's remaining contract given that him and bean just both got extended together before this season so that's one thing we need to to consider right i do agree with you that he's like he he i feel like is all but guaranteed to be back next year i think they'll point to the fact that the offense can be going again, they'll point back to Dorsey. They'll point to the defensive injuries they've had, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it, like you said, unless it's a total tragedy and they like lose out or lose like almost all of their remaining games, I just don't see that being the case. Um, as far as, as far as that, like I just, the, the, the philosophy I have is this, you shouldn't be afraid to take a risk to make a change um, if it maybe causes a little bit of regression in the short term, if it ultimately gets you to your end goal, right? While you have Josh Allen, there's only so many years you have of Josh Allen. And if you have seen the way he can play, even, you know, with a, with a good offensive coordinator or a good play calling, whatever that, if you're Terry Bagula should not necessarily scare you to make a change at head coach, if you really want to, because I think that you would have a really good candidate list, number one, because I think a lot of people would want to sign up to coach the Bills at this point. This isn't the same Bills from the drought era where we were begging coaches to kind of come and try to coach this team. I think you'll have a lot of good coaches lining up to want to coach this team with Josh Allen, try to get the Bills over the hump. And if that means maybe you have a go through like a an average year, you still probably have a really good chance to make the playoffs because you have Josh Allen. So like, that's the thing to me. It's like how much of it will be not necessarily like maybe on the field ramifications, but maybe inside the building and culturally and organizationally, that's probably where you might get the most negative impact because to McDermott's credit, he has really done a good job generally with the culture and rebuilding the, the, I guess, positivity and the credibility of the organization. Right. Um, getting players to want to come there, getting good coaches, et cetera. So I feel like it would be more of a an internal, like organizational, cultural issue to make a change than it would be like an on-the-field issue, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, man. When I, I talk a tragedy to to have McDermott fired at the end of the year, I'll, uh, it's not even about the games. And, and obviously, yeah, they can still play badly enough to lose a lot of games, but I don't believe so. I think uh, I think the Bills have lost yeah, five games by 23 points. One game they, they had won this, this year, they, they had a bigger difference than that. So uh, at some point, I think the luck will flip around a little bit and you'll be able to, to win more games. But I think like something like inside the locker room, right? And, and to McDermott's credit, it can be uh, what makes him a great guy, a great culture guy inside the building, a great leader sometimes can be the same thing that makes him lose the locker room and and what do i mean with that i remember when again when i played and i had some really great coaches in the sense of being really men that stick to their words and everybody respect those guys you know and that preached the correct things you're working hard and you're respecting each other and you're building into doing the right things and when those guys preach those kind of things they are also uh people expect them to be perfect and you can be perfect you know mm-hmm. for example quinton right. spain just tweeted like oh that's not the right guy to be fired about dorsey you yeah wanted, right and quinton spain can feel maybe uh like mcdonald did something or treated him poorly or wasn't fair to him mm-hmm. and man or now some people can look at the Dorsey situation and feel McDermott wasn't fair to Dorsey. McDermott is in a difficult situation. Yes, right. Yes. And, and yep. even if he's the, the most honest man in the world and, and fair and man, he's not perfect and he won't be perfect with everybody who makes some mistakes. But when you are a guy who preaches the right things, the culture, doing the right thing, not lying and things like that, if you tell one thing that somebody sees as a little lie see that guy's a liar he says he, you won't you shouldn't lie but he's lying you know so i feel like people uh can hold mcdermott on those regards and and maybe after all those years he can lose the confidence of some of these players and if it happens especially the main guys because josh will never throw anybody under the bus on a, a yep. on a, a, an interview to the media nope but man, if the things are bad enough, at some point Pegula can simply call Josh to his office or to his house for a dinner and talk to his franchise quarterback and look, man, what's going on? How's it? How are the things going inside the locker room? And man, unfortunately, Coach McDermott, I don't trust him anymore. Things like that behind closed doors where they should be solved, you know. So that's when I mean a tragedy to McDermott because as long he as he has the confidence of his players. They believe in him. I think he he made or he has done enough to deserve not getting fired after the first year he doesn't make the playoffs. I agree. Right? I agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like the Pegula, Terry uh, uh, Pegula, will be like, "Look, what went wrong? I will give you one more shot to figure out the offensive coordinator to find somebody to work nicely with Josh, and maybe if Joe Brady can do a good job, uh, he'll be the first candidate." So I feel like Pegula is going to go this direction. direction. Uh, and the other way it's not happening if is if he really loses the locker room, it being fair or not, I feel like McDermott will be held on those standards that 
he preaches all the time about being uh, a, a man and honest and and true to his word that's how i feel about mcdermott and his future inside the locker room yeah and it's a very interesting situation right because as you as you alluded to before the 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 organizational structure has mcdermott reporting to terry bagula and brandon bean reporting to terry bagula right they're independently reporting to bagula mcdermott doesn't report to bean bean can't fire mcdermott um i would imagine in a scenario where mcdermott is gone i would imagine brandon bean stays right like there i don't think there would be a reason for brandon bean to leave and so it will be interesting to see how that would play out but i do agree with you i think mcdermott like i don't Again, just reading it from the outside, I don't think he's lost the team yet, but I think mm -hmm. this is the hottest his seat has been since, um, you know, since he got here, right? Obviously, the first couple years, the expectations were lower. We had the rookie, you know, talented quarterback, and we knew things were, were going to have growing pains. You know, fast forward a year, you know, you surprise the league, you make the playoffs, you have that heartbreaking loss to the Texans. I get it. But then you come back the next year and you make it to the AFC championship game. So it's like he, at some point, right. You can't, you have to remove the, you have to remove the fact that McDermott brought this team out of the drought and look at his performance within the window of him having an elite quarterback, right? We can't always revert back to, Oh, he got this team out of the drought and that gives him an unlimited leash, right? That's not how we should be looking at things. Because, again, when you have Josh Allen, you have a chance every single year. You should have a chance every single year to win a Super Bowl. I've made this comparison before. The Saints team for years with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, they had some bad seasons with Drew Brees at quarterback, with Sean Payton as the coach. They had losing some losing record seasons, some pretty bad years. And they but they always knew going into the season with Drew Brees and with Sean Payton that they could potentially be a contender that year for a Super Bowl. And eventually they he got one, right? He won once. And that's all I want, man. Just one. I just need one. I just need yeah. one. <laughs> True, man, and and I feel like even the uh, Brandon Bean's moves at the deadline showed that they were great they, moves. I mean, yeah, they were. great moves, but they they weren't like those moves that uh, that people who are uh, feeling the heat to be fired do. You know, they weren't like, oh, we gotta go after the the no matter how much we're gonna pay, we're gonna get bring some impact players, and no, they made the the cost benefit moves trying bringing Rasul Douglas instead of, of the Bears guy, for example, paying a first-round pick. No, they, they paid a good price for a good player and a guy who's going to help this team. Yep. And then going to the free agency, bringing Nival Joseph and not spending uh, draft capital on it. So they were smart moves and moves that people who, who aren't really feeling the heat of getting fired if they don't get it done this year. They were like short-term moves and long-term moves you know mm -hmm. not 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 uh wasting draft capital so i feel like they have this kind of security that only a, a terrible uh tragedy really to to not have them in buffalo next year i feel like they they see it as this way also and they can continue to work as they've done 
mm-hmm. trying to win now, but trying to stay competitive as long as possible, right? Yeah. And and about Josh, man, I I I I think I I made this comparison back in the in, in the day, um, maybe after the Bengals loss in the playoffs, and and even after the 13 seconds, not. Uh, 100% believe in it but just raising the question that it can happen at some point no matter no matter how much you like McDermott as a coach or not he has done a great job and and but sometimes the, the guy just isn't able to take the next step and and as a yep. Chicago Bulls fan I I brought the the example of Michael Jordan's years with Doug Collins as his Doug Collins, yeah. Have you talked right? to Aaron? Have you talked to Aaron Quinn about the Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talk all the time, <laughs> and not about this this comparison, but man, yeah. the Bulls the Bulls were were getting to the finals, the, the the East Finals every year with Doug Collins. Michael Jordan loved Doug Collins, right? Michael Jordan had his buddies on the team like Charles Oakley, and and he loved Doug Collins. But they couldn't win the East, right? And after a, a loss in the, in uh, in the East Finals, they fired Doug Collins, like Jerry Cross, the weird guy, right? And yeah. and, <laughs> and and okay, you were firing the coach after losing the finals, the East Finals, yeah. And who are you gonna hire? Uh, an assistant out of Montana, you know? Like my goodness, <laughs> what's what's going on, right? And I, I try to think about what's what did Michael Jordan think about it? Because yeah. okay, you're gonna hire Phil Jackson, you're gonna trade Oakley, my buddy, right, my enforcer, and man, they did the move because they were aggressive and they thought they should do that and to take the next step, and it worked, right? And the Bulls, uh, the Bills, we have our Michael Jordan, man. And look, for me, Michael Jordan is the goat in all sports. All right. I'm yeah. a Brazilian guy, and we as Brazilians, we believe Pelé was the, yeah. the biggest athlete in the of all time in every sport. I disagree. I think it was Michael Jordan. So I think we have our Michael Jordan because when I saw Josh beating the Chiefs just to see the defense giving them the game in the 13 seconds, or when I saw Josh doing a lot of great stuff, man, he has this potential. He has this potential yeah. to be the best quarterback in this league. When he's at his best, he's the best quarterback in this league, in my opinion. So I think we have this Michael Jordan, man. So we can't just be happy because we aren't in a 17-year drought anymore. Agreed. And some of McDonald's shows some of things that scares me, you know, this problem with the defensive side of the ball in, in clutch minutes, like, man, don't panic, man, figure it out. I, I really root for him to figure it out, but I'm a little bit scared, man. So that's why I wouldn't lie. I'm ready to move on from McDermott if things don't mm-hmm. really get better this season. And get better this season. Uh, what I mean? What do I mean about it? Really surprising everybody, man. Kind of winning out, kind of going to the playoffs, entering on a run in the in the most important moment, right? That's what I expect to to save McDermott's job. Do I believe that he will be fired if it doesn't happen? No, I don't. I, I really believe he will have at least one more year with Pegula. But mm-hmm. that's how I see this situation right now. Yeah, and I'm with you. And that's why I think, you know, the basketball comparison is interesting because I feel like 
maybe it's like a little bit easier to make a change in basketball where there's 12 guys, right. Including the guys on the bench and like the, the cultural organizational mm -hmm. stuff is maybe a little bit easier to change immediately. Whereas like the McDermott, you know, culture and the impact that he has and like everything is like kind of so interwoven and ingrained within the building and everywhere around the team. Like, how much will that how much would a change there impact that negatively in the short term for potential positive game in the long term? And you have to be willing to potentially take take that chance, right? You have to be willing to take that chance. If Terry Bagula at some point feels like Sean McDermott's ceiling is has been reached and the ceiling of Sean McDermott is potentially just a divisional round playoff appearance and maybe making it to the AFC title game and that's it. Like that's not good enough for a team that has Josh Allen. That's just plain not good enough. So it's a tough decision, but that's why Terry Pagula is the owner of the team and he's in a position to make that call and he's the only one that really can make that call. So we'll see. Yeah, man. And in I agree, totally agree. Uh, in basketball, sometimes you see a change in the coaching staff and you see a completely different roster, entire roster on the other season. You make two, three trades and you have a totally different roster. And it mm -hmm. doesn't happen in football. But uh, we've seen recently the Eagles hire a coach, win the Super Bowl, have losing seasons, fire a coach, get back to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and we still have mm -hmm. the same coach. You know? So uh, sometimes yep. you've got to be aggressive, man. It's crazy, you but do. sometimes you've you got to do. do it, right? And, and You do. And we'll see, man. We'll see. I still rooting hard for this team to, to figure out things this year because if they can do that, it's the right time. We saw last year the team starting really strong, playing great against the Rams week one, playing Super Bowl level football in, in September. And unfortunately, it was the wrong time, right? And and now if the team starts, starts to play well, figure out the offense starts to figure out stuff, play better up to their potential, being a little bit more uh, cons consistent and the, the, the word that everybody hates, but can't be more true, man. Complementary football. Mm -hmm. If they can play better complementary football, play yeah. at the same time, good offense, good defense, good special teams. It, it hasn't happened. If they can do that, this team will be really hard to, yeah. to get beat, man, no matter who's the other on the other side of the field. So I feel like they can change that and it got a start against the Jets. So how do you feel about this game going forward next Sunday? Because Big challenge for Brady. After all, this defense has been a nightmare for Josh in this offense for quite mm -hmm. some time now. Yeah, and look, uh, it is about getting hot at the right time, right? We've seen teams win the Super Bowl that really weren't necessarily the best team or even close to being the best team during the regular season. Like the Giants teams that won the Super Bowls come to mind for me there. Like both of those teams were wildcard teams, got hot at the right time. Eli Manning got hot at the right time. Like, yeah, they had some good players on the defensive side. They had Michael Strahan and they like had a couple, you know, Antonio Pierce for one, like, but they weren't like world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. And they didn't necessarily have all world talent either offensively on some of those teams, right? They had guys like Steve Smith, Mario Manningham, right? David Tyree. Like, I mean, that team won the Super Bowl against an, an undefeated Patriots team. So you just never know what can happen in the NFL playoffs. That's what makes it great. As far as this Jets game coming up, look, like, if you thought Denver was a must win, like you can't dip below 500 and lose a div another divisional game, right? Like you got to get a divisional win. You got to get it at home. You just lost embarrassingly 
on national TV, millions of people watching against the Denver Broncos who look, the Denver Broncos are a better team than the New York jets, in my opinion. So look, you cannot lose at home to the jets. They're the worst third down team in the league. They're only converting 25% of their, their third downs. I mean, Zach Wilson, uh, he's got the lowest success passing rate per pro football reference of any qualifying quarterback this year. They haven't been able to run the ball great lately. Brees Hall's been struggling to find running room lately. He's averaging under three yards of carry in his last three games combined. Um, defensively, the Jets are very good. Uh, th there's no doubt about that. They might have the two best. They might have the best linebacking duo in the NFL with Mosley and William Quincy Williams, and they have Quinn and Williams up front. But the Bills' defense, playing inspired against the Broncos, did a good job for most of the game. There is no reason they can't do exactly what a pretty poor Raiders defense just did against the Jets and hold that team to 13 or fewer points. And that Bills offense really needs to be able, if they can score 20 points against the Jets, they should be able to win that game. Yeah, man, that's what I expect too. I think uh, just hearing from, from Brady in his press conference and and just also from experience from previous seasons, because even in the previous seasons, Josh playing great, he had some stretches where he threw a lot of interceptions and struggled for two mm -hmm. or three games. And and we saw an effort of kind of saving Josh from uh, from himself in the next week and, and trying to avoid turnovers at all costs, trying to run the ball a little bit more and trying to keep things uh, more controlled for Josh. I think this week against the Jets, knowing what happened in week one and knowing how the Jets have played recently, uh, there will be this, this um, they will try hard to, to avoid turnovers at all costs to get Josh uh, being able to play an entire game without throwing an interception, something in this, mm -hmm. in this line of thinking to allow the, the defense to control the game and, and the offense to do just enough to win this game. I, I believe it's completely possible and then you get uh, a big-time game against the Eagles just before the bye week. So you've got to win this game no matter what, right? And, and start to mm. feel better about yourself after this week. And I feel like it's possible, man. I feel like they can do that and they can start on a run doing something like this. Because if you beat the Jets and and get past this difficult defense to play against, and then you play great against the Eagles, and I really believe they can do that, right? Man, you go to the bye week completely different, and don't forget that people just look at their record and think, okay, uh, we were used to fight for the seed one, and now we are 5 and 5, 50%. But man, the Dolphins are two games ahead, and things happen man, all the time, injuries, People start to struggle, so we never know. The Dolphins can slip or, or they can find themselves in trouble. So we don't need really a lot of wins maybe to, to win the division and, and get into the playoffs. We play the Dolphins. We have this 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 game against, uh, against them to take a game uh, out of this difference. So I really feel the Bills can start something good right now. Uh, I Am I expecting that? Man, I don't know. I feel like the there is mm -hmm. something difficult inside the locker room. But maybe, just maybe, they can do what Diggs said and continue to be professionals, even if they don't agree with things that are happening inside the building. 
and play well. We have some quality there and really get in a run and start feeling better about themselves and, and start uh, leaving aside things like, oh, there are things that aren't right. It wasn't right to fire doors. It wasn't right maybe in the beginning mm-hmm. of the year to, to move on from Fraser. No, maybe they can start to win some games, feel better about themselves and, and, and let's go on. Let's try to win it all. So that's how I feel about this game against the Jets. And that's how I feel about the, the near future uh, regarding this Buffalo Bills, man. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be there will be a lot different feeling around this team if they go out and beat the Jets and then go out and pull an upset. Uh, you know, it will be an upset if they beat the Eagles. And I will say, like, if they go and if they go out and beat the Eagles before the bye week, the, the bye week is going to be filled with positivity and and momentum and a chance for this team to really go on a run because that game before the bye week is is brutal, right? Playing the Eagles and then you come immediately out of the bye week and have to play the Chiefs. So like. Mm-hmm it's right in front of you. If you're the bills, like you're going to find out what you're made of these next three games. Plus mm. the bye week. Cause the jets aren't going to roll over. We've seen them already beat the bills this year. And then you've got games, the two after against the super bowl representatives from a year ago. So like it's right in front of you. If you're the bills, like prove what you are. If you can prove that you can, you can beat the jets, a team that has a good defense who, who knocked you in the mouth earlier in the year and then come out and somehow find a way to win against you know, the NFC and AFC champs from a year ago, things could, the tune could change quite, quite quickly around this team. Yeah, man. Uh, Dave, I really appreciate you taking our time, joining us today. Uh, I had a blast, man. I could stay talking pills with you all day long, man. And it would be awesome. Really appreciate it. And uh, leaving the chart doors are always wide open. Whenever you want to join, you judge. It will be a pleasure to have you guys here, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always like love being a guest on other people's shows. It's it's cool being like uh, on this side of it sometimes. So uh, I really appreciate you having me. It was fun, fun conversation. Awesome, Bills Mafia! Please hit that like button, subscribe to Buffer Rumbling's channel. I'll be back on Sunday uh, with the Portuguese show for Latin America, Brazil, and all Portuguese-speaking countries. Uh, with a pregame show before the game against the Jets. And also, this show is available on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. So, thank you so much for taking your time. See you around. Go Bills. Go Bills.